Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What you're about to hear is a life-changing word from God through Pastor Steve Allen Sr. of Destiny Christian Center in Laplace, Louisiana. Enjoy the message and be blessed in the Lord. To conclude uh, our study on this subject of confidence that we've been dealing with for, I think, four weeks, um, uh, we've defined confidence, we've uh, talked about what a confident person looks like, and then we began to look at the giant that must be removed if we're going to live in the promised land of confidence, and that giant that we dealt with is insecurity. Um, I gave you three major manifestations of insecurity on last week, and that was uh, excuse-making, a controlling personality, and a critical and judgmental uh, personality. Um, And we finished talking about the cure for insecurity. Now, I want to finish this study today, or this series today, and if we're going to really complete this study on confidence, we've got to look at this subject from three perspectives. Uh, To truly understand confidence, we must understand that confidence has to do with my confidence in my God-given abilities. And secondly, confidence must be approached from the angle of my confidence in myself. Uh, God created us, and if God had confidence to create us, then he must have confidence, uh, then we've got to have confidence in ourselves. We kind of talked about that in one of our lessons. But this third approach uh, of confidence is confidence in God himself. We've got to have confidence in God. Now, confidence in God is a result of understanding how much God really loves you. How many of you know God really loves you? Come on, say that. Say, God really loves me. Go to 1 John for me, uh, chapter 4 and verse number 18. 1 John 4 and 18. When you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, say, First John, not St. John, First John. The older folk used to say, I, John. <laughs> uh, this 18th verse says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in Love. The Amplified Version of the Bible says, uh, There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love, has not grown in a sufficient understanding of God's love. Now, this is really not talking about your love for God, but this is talking about God's love for you. And once you have a mature understanding of how much God really loves you, then it will eradicate fear. When you really know how much God loves you, there's no way in the world you can be fearful. Uh, I... I, um, I become fearless in life when I understand how much God really loves me. And if you want a stable life, 
you've got to be perfected in the unconditional love of God. Now, tonight, I really, I really want you to understand who God is as relates to his love for you. Um, and tonight I thought that we would look at his name in order to define who he is. Now, when you talk about God's name, there is a term that we have to look at, and that is Jehovah. Uh, Jehovah means the self-existent one. And uh, in God's relationship with man, God has eight redemptive names, and uh, these names reveal his desire to meet every need of man. But I'm going to deal with just one name tonight, and this is, this is uh, what we need tonight. I'm going to deal with Jehovah Jireh. Somebody say Jehovah Jireh. Come on, say it. Say it like you mean. Say Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord who looks ahead and makes provision. The Lord who looks ahead and makes provision. Now, don't lose sight on the fact that we're talking about confidence, but I want you to see a God who looks ahead and makes provision for you. Now, I want you to listen to this. God provides for his obedient people. So this statement has two sides. God's part is to provide, and our part is to obey. And if we do our part, we don't have to worry about God handling his part. Now turn your Bibles to Genesis 22 for me, verses 1 and 2. Listen to what it says. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Now, let me stop here for a moment. Sometimes when God tells us to do some, something, sometimes or oftentimes on the front end, it seems like we're going to lose out. It just looks like we're going to lose out sometimes. Have you ever felt like uh, obeying God just from a natural standpoint, it looked like you were going to lose out? Uh, that's why a lot of folk don't tithe. Because to them it looks like they're going to lose something, but you don't really understand you're actually going to increase when you obey God. Well, that's the way it looks here because God instructs a man who has waited for years, and hear this now, for years for the promise to come to pass, and then the promise comes to pass, and then God says, I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice. Now, in that first verse where it says that God did tempt Abraham, that word tempt means to prove. Sometimes God wants to prove us to see how we're going to act after we get blessed. See, it's one thing to trust God while you're waiting on manifestation, but how do you act after you receive the promise? Can, can you still trust him? And then the question is, can he trust you? Now look at verse, verse 3. Look at verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took uh, two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood from the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. He got up early 
He got up early, no time to sleep. And oftentimes, you know, uh, when God talks to us, a lot of times we procrastinate. But as we become more mature in the things of God, it shouldn't take us so long to obey him. Now, and, and I'll tell you even from my, own, uh, from my own standpoint, there's been times when God has told me to do things and I wasn't really quick to obey. I took some time to obey. I had to rationalize things and try to figure it out in my mind. But as I matured in the things of God, when God speaks, I move. And as you mature, you won't argue with God so much because you'll see his hand move in everything that you do. So the Bible says that he rose up early in the morning because it's important to obey God in a timely manner. Now look at verses 4 through 7. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go up yonder and worship and come again to you. Now let me just stop there for a second. He says he's going to go up there and worship in the most trying time of his life. When he's not really understanding what God is having him to do. God, I've waited for this promise and I finally got this promise. And now you're telling me to sacrifice this son and I'm going to go up here and I'm going to worship. Now, how do you respond when God's instructing you to do something that you don't understand? What do you do in the most trying times of your life? What stops your worship? In his most trying time, he goes up to worship. Some of us, our worship stops when we have an argument with our spouse. We come to church, and you're on your way to church, you have an argument with your spouse, and you take it out on God. Some of y'all look at me now like you're mad with somebody. But he said he took this time to worship. Now, let me read the rest of this. And Isaac, what, what verse am I on? Six. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son, and took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they both went up. They both, and they both, okay, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he says, Behold, like you got to think, I want you to think about what Isaac's thinking about at this point. He says, behold, uh, uh, behold the fire and behold the wood. <laughs> but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? I know you, you got to do, you know, you got to perform it. And I see, <laughs> I see the materials. What's my part? <laughs> so, the servant stayed back, and Abraham is walking along with Isaac, and he says, I've got the fire, I've got the knife, I've got the wood. And Isaac is walking with him, and he says, Daddy, I see the fire, and I see the knife, and I see the wood, but where's the sacrifice? Now look at verse number 8. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering 
So they went, both of them, together. Now, God, and this is for somebody here tonight, will provide. Look, I want you to wake your neighbor up and just look him in the eye and say, God will provide. Now, 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 look, 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 look. I came here tonight to tell you, not only, not only, I'll take it a step further. God has already provided. Oh, please hear this. Everything that you need in this life has already been done. God has already provided. Everything you need, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but everything you need is already in the spirit world. (laughs) Everything you need is already in the spirit world. And it is your faith that reaches up in the spirit world and brings that which is in the spirit world down to the natural. Tell somebody, say, God is a provider. So Abraham got to the place, put the wood, put the wood in order, tied up his son, Isaac, and Isaac just laid there in submission. Look at verse 10. Let's start there. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Hmm. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, uh, behind him a ram caught in a thicket, by his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the place, called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now listen, he called the name of that place, that place of obedience. He called the name of that place of obedience Jehovah Jireh. Provision is in the place of obedience. I'm trying to help somebody here. What if, what if, what if Abraham had disobeyed? Or what if he had procrastinated in his obedience? Because, listen to this, at the point of the need, the ram got his horns caught in the thicket or the bush. Now, if he had been some of us, The ram would have got caught, got loose, got joined another group of rams for us to obey. Come and think about this. Come on now. You, 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 you've been praying to God about something for years. You've been praying and believing God for something and you finally have it. And then God says, now I want you to give it up. How long would it take you to obey? I've been believing God for this financial breakthrough and God has finally given it to me and it's in my hands and then God says, now give it up. <laughs> okay, okay. <look. laughs> I, I've, been, I've been believing God for this but now God asks me to sacrifice it. Come on now. You, you know you delay in obedience when he tells you about a special offering. 
Is that you, God? I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. I was in the church one day and uh, out of town, and the Lord says, I want you to uh, give a special offer. And it was like $1,000. I want you to give $1,000. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know that ain't you. <laughs> I know. I'm just sitting there listening. And I know. I know. See, because at that time, I needed $1,000. And, and God says, now I want you to sacrifice $1,000 in this. And I'm like, mm, mm, no, I know that. See, I know, I know you wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> I, knew, I know you love me too much. To do, to ask me to give these people, and these these people look like they got it going on. And you know what? He says that's why you need to sow, because you sow up, you don't sow down. You sow to where you want to go. It's important for us to obey God in a timely manner. See, the blessing is in the obedience, not the procrastination. God sees ahead of time. So at the same time that God was giving instructions to Abraham, he had the angel leading the ram to the place. At the same time God is talking to you, he has already worked out the plan. But you got to get to the place where you know how much God loves you. I'm going to show you another example. Um, go to 1 Kings. Chapter 17. We'll start reading at verse number one. <laughs> I was writing today, while you're looking at that, let me just tell you this. I was writing today, and I was praying about the vision. And I said, Lord, you know what it's going to take to do this. And you've instructed me to do this debt free. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about what we've done so far. And, I mean, all this is on my mind. And the Lord says, I know what it's going to take. And you shall have what it takes to do it. I will raise up kingdom millionaires in the yes, ministry. Come on, come on. Tell you what he told me. Today he told me that I will raise up kingdom millionaires in the ministry that will take care of the vision. He said, Don't even worry about it. Don't, don't, don't you even worry. He says, I am raising up kingdom millionaires. Hallelujah to God. Tell somebody, you, you gotta know when to receive. So God, is, God is speaking to this house tonight. God, God has a plan for this house. Come on, somebody shout, I receive that from me. Come on, confess. I am one of the kingdom millionaires that God spoke about today. I know, I know we have some people that call themselves being spiritual and said, oh, I don't need to be no millionaire. I don't, that ain't, I don't need, I don't need, I always talking about money. I don't need, yeah, but you, you, why you work? You need money. 
And, 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 and for us to do what we have to do, it's going to take money. I get, so, I get so tired of people talking about, I don't need no extra money. All I need is enough for me and my family. That means that you're selfish because you have no plans on helping anybody because if you only have just enough, you can help nobody. God wants you to have more than enough. God wants you to have too much. I want, look, look, I got to get that poverty mindset off of you. God wants you to have so much that maybe you'll walk in, into a place and, and somebody can't send their kid to college and they can't get a grant and you'll say, look, where do you want to go? God's raising up some kingdom millionaires. God wants you to be able to, to, to see one of your brothers or sister uh, don't have a car to get to church. He was like, well, you don't have transportation. No, I don't have no transportation at no. all. Meet me down at the dealership tomorrow. Come on, somebody say, I'm a kingdom millionaire. Let's get back to this lesson. I just had to take a commercial break. And Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before, listen to this, before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. God gives Elijah specific instructions. He says, go eastward and hide by the brook of Cherith. And he says, not Jordan, but before Jordan. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Say there. there. So there's a place called there. And it's a place of obedience. And maybe we're not getting fed because we're in the wrong place. Maybe God has been dealing with us about something and we've decided that we want to go and do something else. Maybe we can't get our supply because we've chosen not to obey God. Give me a, give me, do I have a basket? Do you have a basket? Any kind of, any kind of, I got something right here. Hold up. God gave him specific instructions. Now, if he hadn't listened to the instructions, God says, your supply is here. But you're over here trying to find your supply. And you're trying to figure out, now why in the world God got me, you know, I'm seeing everybody else blessed over here, but I ain't blessed. You ever been there? Why is it? I never have a testimony. Maybe it's because 
you're not in a place of obedience. Maybe it's because you're not doing what God told you to do. See, you're looking for your supply over here. And God has already supplied your supply right here. But when you don't listen, when you don't obey, when you don't do what God tells you to do, you'll end up on the wrong road. See, let me help you out. You can't do what you want to do and be blessed. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, I, oh, nobody, nobody like that. You, you can't, I know you say it's your thing, do what you want to do. You can't do your thing and expect God to bless your thing. You, see, and that's what we do. We do what we want to do and then ask God to bless it. Rather than consulting with God before we do what we do, you, you're supposed to acknowledge him in all your ways and let him direct your path. And if he's going to direct it, he's going to lead you there. Because there's a place called there that God has everything you need. You should not suffer for anything because God is your father and he's Jehovah Jireh. He sees ahead of time and he makes provision. The provision for you has already been made. But you got to get there. Now it's interesting because God says, listen to this. I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Now the words I have commanded implies that God had already talked to the ravens before he talked to Elijah. (laughs) So the birds are on assignment. They're just waiting for Elijah to get there. Mm. God had provision waiting for Elijah. Now look at verses 5 and 6. So he went and did according unto the Lord. He, so he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. And he went and dwelt by the brook cherub that was before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Can you imagine you sitting out chilling and you got birds bringing you bread and meat. <laughs> you, got, you got a brook and you, got, you have birds bringing you bread and meat. Room service. <laughs> These birds had already been commanded by God to sustain him through this famine. God had already done it because he's Jehovah Jireh. And he sees ahead of time and he makes provision. Now, in that seventh verse, it says that the brooks dried up. Let me read that for you. And it came to pass, after a while, that the brooks dried up because there had been no rain. The brooks dried up. God led me to this place, and now the brooks have dried up. The brook dried up, but the source didn't. <laughs> See, that's why I don't lose my mind when the when the, the company shuts down. Why would I go crazy when the company shuts down? The company may shut down, but my source hadn't shut down. <laughs> I don't lose my mind when folks say they're gonna leave me because they're not my source. See, you need to get that. You need to get that. Just because somebody Somebody walks out of your life and maybe they were helping you. 
They're not your source. Oh, oh, okay. The brook dried up. And sometimes, listen to this, sometimes the brook has to dry up so you can focus on the provider and not the provision. Mm. Sometimes the brook has to dry up to get you out of your comfort zone because, see, in your comfort, comfort zone, you stop growing. We, we stop praying and we stop seeking God in our comfort zone. So sometimes the brook has to dry up so we can keep our eyes on the source. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, I'm here all alone. I don't, nobody's here with me. I'm all by myself. I don't have any friends and people have walked out and I'm in this place and it's just you and me, God. Okay. That's a wonderful place to be. That's a wonderful... My favorite saying is you'll never know that God is all you need until God is all you have. And sometimes God will allow things to be cut off. Sometimes he will separate you from people because people sometimes want credit for what God's going to do. And sometimes God has to separate you from certain things so you'll know that no, it's not the job that got you where you are. No, it's not your degree that got you where you are. God wants you to know. And and see, you got to get to that place where you give God glory for everything in your life. Oh, it's not who I knew in political positions. It's not because the boss was close to me. It's not because my father worked for this company. Everything that I have, God gave it to me. And God wants the glory for whatever happens in your life. Sometimes the brook has to dry up so you can see God again. Mm, mm. And Because, you know, what I found out about us, some of us can't stand to be blessed. No, 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 man. I, I've had, I mean, almost 18 years of pastoring. I've seen it over and over again where people, they start out on one level and God starts blessing. And then sometimes God blesses them all the way out to church. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my. See, it, it's unfortunate that we have to, we have, to uh, have a crisis to make us know that we need God. But I know, I know things are changing now. God is changing the minds and the hearts of people. And these kingdom millionaires that we spoke about earlier, they won't run from God when they get the blessing. They'll run to God and say, God, what will you have me to do? Verses 8 and 9, I got to move on. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which, is, which, which belongeth to Zidon. And dwell there. Behold, listen to this. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So the brook dried up. God says, I've commanded. Now, I have commanded again means that the provision has already been made. God has already been talking to this lady before Elijah got there. Because God sees ahead of time and he provides. Now, and I I want you to know that God is Jehovah Jireh for you. He's already seen ahead of time. See, what you have to understand is God is outside of time. God is eternal. So he's, he's able to look at the past, the present, and the future at the same time. Because now, and in, 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 in knowing that, when we have problems, God's not shaken up. 
God, God's not, see, when you you going crazy, God ain't going crazy. <laughs> you, you, you pacing the flow, God ain't pacing the flow. Because he knows where you're on your way to. And what happens, see, God speaks to us. He speaks to us, and, and we start questioning him, well, how, how, how are you going to do that? How are you going to make that happen? And the problem, and when I said something about kingdom millionaires, some folk rejoice, some other folk just kind of like, I don't know. Do you know where I work? <laughs> See, but that ain't your business. That's not your assignment. Your assignment is to spend enough time with God to find out what the instructions are. Mm, mm, mm. The provision is on God. The provision part is God's part. That's why we never see the miracle hand of God because we, wanna, we won't move until we see the provision. But the provision has already been made. Stop trying to figure out how God is going to do what God's going to do. Let me ask you something. I believe that I have some people here tonight. You don't know how you got to where you are now. You look back over your life right now and you know where you came from. And you look at where you are right now and you can't say nothing but, boy, this is God. Anybody in this place tonight can look back over your life and know where you started and to see where you are now and it's absolutely a miracle of God and you know, you can't even go back step by step and say, I did this, I did that, I did that. But what you can say is, boy, I know one thing, God has been good to me. <laughs> I was talking to a young man earlier today. I said, man, you just think about where you were two years ago and think about where you are right now. And I just made him remember. He's like, woo, thank you, Jesus. Listen to this. God does not find out about your needs when you do. He surveys your life, sees your future, and your future needs. He makes provision even before they become aware to you. He knows. He already knows. For, for the most part, a good parent, and I say good parent, they don't wait until the child arrives to provide. No, they get the little test done to find out what kind of baby is coming. And uh, if it's a boy, they start buying blue stuff. Painting the room blue. If it's a girl, they, they got pink and yellow stuff everywhere. And they, they get a, they will, and we did, get a room in a bed, in a crib and paint the room and just have all kinds and even before the baby comes they start having showers people start bringing gifts for a baby that's not even here yet am I right about that? and parents start buying stuff for babies because they're good parents they make provision ahead of time oh lord do you think that if you being an earthly parent will make provision 
for your child that God being our heavenly father would not make provision for us before we got here? Somebody, somebody wake up your neighbor and just tell them, say, we're God's children. And he's already provided for us. Let, let, me give you, let me give you one last scripture. Let me give you one last scripture. Go to Ephesians 2 for me. Ephesians 2 and 10. <laughs> let, let me read this for you. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God, listen to this, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let me read it in the Amplified. It's going to be a blessing to you. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths that he prepared ahead of time, that we, sh we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Before your mother and father got together, God had already went ahead of time and made provision for you. And even though some of us, we grew up and we strayed away from God and sometimes we rejected God, he still had provision waiting for you. What a great father. And he's just waiting for you to take the paths that he has prepared ahead of time for you. Now, God is not going to make you do anything. But you've got to choose to follow him. You've got to choose to follow him. Now what does all of this have to do, Pastor, with confidence? When you understand a God that would think about you ahead of time and prepare a good life, it produces a confidence to follow him. Because he's leading you to a good life. See, we struggle because we won't we won't spend enough time uh, following instructions. We're so busy trying to do God's part. The provision is his part. The obedience is your part. We got to get to the place where we just obey God. Because everything has already been provided. The dome. Everything that we will need in the dome. Is already done. Every person that, that is supposed to sow into the dome is already here. What we need is already in the house. We just need, what we have to do is we've got to raise up in our faith. We've got to believe God and believe that he is Jehovah Jireh. And the provision has already been made. God would be unfair to give us a vision and not provision. You know what they said to me today? I'll do it through many or I'll do it through one. But I'll do it. So if he's got only one person that will 
Raise up and say, Lord, I believe you. If you want to use somebody, use me. That's the person he'll use. And that person will be blessed because of their obedience. But it's supposed to be a corporate vision. It's a corporate vision. It's a corporate vision. He is Jehovah. Come on, say Jehovah Jireh. My provider. He saw ahead of time. And made provision for us. So wait, 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 wait. Say, his job is to provide. His job is to provide. My job is to obey. My job is to obey. We hope the word you've just heard has blessed you. If you'd like to order other messages or series, please go online to destinychristian.org or call 985-653-9006. Thank you for being a part of this ministry. Destiny Christian Center. Destiny demands diligence, so never quit. God bless you.